Sustainable 236. Welcome yourself to Sustainable 236, to the commencement of year eight of Sustainable. My did you get anything? God. Did you get anything nice for our seventh birthday? Uh, I well, I was given a lovely Christmas present by you on air, which um, is nice. Go back and listen. <laughs> Oh, yes, I did give you a lovely Christmas present. You also got COVID, didn't you? That's what I was oh, trying yeah, to get sorry. you to say. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I've got COVID yeah. again, but, you know. He's honestly, got, got it right, who right now. You've got it. Yeah, I had it. Even I had it. Commoners muck here. You had legacy COVID, of course. You had to actually not do the babble once because you had legacy COVID. I had COVID, real COVID. So I had, like, like pre-vaccine COVID, mm, you know. Back, back at the start of last year, wasn't it? Or yeah, it was almost exactly a year ago. Uh, Very so good. I tend we'll to get COVID it. in January, as a rule. Stop hogging it and let other people have a go, will you? Okay. Um, welcome. We are Sustainable. We are your friendly little weekly, again, podcast. In we are all about people and the planet. And why? Despite everything being a cough and a splutter, we can still have a little clear of the throat every now and then, yes? Absolutely. And what are we going to hack up this week? We are going to be talking about a thing that genuinely a lot of people are talking about. And I don't mean like COP26 where like, you know, the people we work with are talking about it. I mean actual people, real people (laughs) who watch Netflix and stuff. We're going to be talking (laughs) about a film called Don't Look Up. And it is hugely popular and it's a kind of climatey film without being a climatey film. We're going to get into all of that, but we're going to discuss what we think about it. Is it good? Does it wake people up to the climate crisis? Does it miss the mark? All of those things. Yes, thank you hugely to Babble listener John Matthews for suggesting we do this. So we are going to do this. And we don't know. We haven't actually compared notes on this. Genuinely, um, what unfolds is going to be Dave and Ol discussing this for the first time. I've no idea if Ol liked it or not. So we're going to talk about that. Now, just before any of that, just the usual disclaimer. We do work for environmental charities, don't we, Ol? Yes. So if anything that you hear makes you want to look up to the sky and scream in anguish. Please don't bury your head in the sand, but take it up with me and all directly. Yes? Yeah, don't um, don't come at our employers. C- come at us <laughs> instead. <laughs> he's back, ladies and gentlemen, he's back. And this is a listener-funded show, apart from, you know, adverts. Um, <laughs> but we very much mostly need your cash. Uh, so please do help with the running costs of this here Sustainable by going to wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainable. Yes. I've just realised how expensive it's going to be to heat this shed once energy prices double in April or whatever's going to happen. What about all that insulation you put in it? What was that for? Yeah, no, well, it's made it a lot cheaper, but not, you know, it's not bloody passive house, put it that way. Uh, nothing passive about you, son. Shall we get on with it? Yes. Dave, is it drinks o'clock? Yeah, it must be drinks o'clock. Old Bean, the sun is always over the yard arm somewhere. So yeah, why don't you crack open a bottle of the Hidden Sea Wine? You deserve it. I might just do that because the Hidden Sea Wine is rather splendid. For every bottle they sell, they remove 10 plastic bottles from the ocean. And so far, they've removed nearly 10 million plastic bottles with what they say is an audacious goal of removing 1 billion of the blighters by 2030. Now, look, you can get some of this from their lovely solar-powered winery in South Australia. I'm sorry, where? How's it getting in? Pogo stick or what? Uh, I, I don't think it's by pogo stick, no. But it does come in, like, massive great big bags, which are then emptied into smaller bottles in the UK. So, you know, not too bad on the transport front. But for God's sake, if we're saying now that you can't have anything from abroad, then that rules out most things, like, I don't know, chocolate. So, 
Yeah, it's from Australia, but loads of wine from Australia. If you're going to buy Australian wine, buy the Hidden Sea wine from Australia. That's what I'm saying. So very good. So you can get the Hidden Sea wine at Sainsbury's Co-op, Asda and Booths, and no doubt other places as well. You can have a rosé, you can have a Sauvignon Blanc and a Chardonnay, whatever these things are. They sound very nice to me. <laughs> they're all they're um, all on draft and available in pint glasses, Dave. Don't worry. <laughs> very good. And prices start from just £8. So I suggest to you, Olive, you're feeling blue and seasonally glum, crack open a bottle of the Hidden Sea wine, old chum. Poetic. Thing Dave can't decide if it is good or not. Right, this is a section certainly by the confused and arguably for the confused. And the person who's most confused this week is Dave because he doesn't know what he thinks about a film. That film... Yes. (laughs) Poor Dave. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, it puts, I don't know, the Ukraine crisis in perspective, doesn't it? Dave doesn't know what he thinks about a film he's watched. And we're here to help, Dave. We're here for you, man. Haven't we had Dave doesn't know what he thinks of whether it's good or not about things like a wasp before now? <laughs> so like, I'm pretty sure that a film is getting up the hierarchy somewhere. Yes, I don't know. I cannot decide if it is good or not. And neither can all decide if it is good or not. And the it is this. Yes, don't look up. made a pretty big discovery in space. How big is this thing going? Like, can it destroy my ex-wife's house? Is that possible? <laughs> There's a 100% chance that we're all going to die. Okay. Hey. Hey. Well, the handsome astronomer can come back anytime, but the yelling lady, mm, not so. Not so much. We're going to get the news. Now, is this now, it was at one point the third most popular film ever on Netflix. Is it? Is it got higher than that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I read that too, but that was from like a while back. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Seems, seems that over Christmas, everybody watched this film. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do excuse me. He's not well. He's doing this. Is he's, he's maintaining a fiction, a veneer of professionalism. But he's not well. No, I'm fine. He's not well. fine. It's just a... all right. Shut up and get on with it, Flesh then. Wound. You stupid bastard! You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look, it's just a flesh wound. Look, stop that, chicken. Chicken. Look, I'll have your leg. Uh, yes, everyone watched it. Like normal people watched it. People who you can't talk to about climate to change stuff. Uh, they watched it because it's a film on Netflix and it's got like proper A-listers in it. So uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio are the two sort mm. of headline acts, if you'd like. Uh, and it, there's lots of other people in it as well, what are famous and stuff. Um, it is a disaster movie. That's what it is. It's about a comet which is hurtling to Earth. Scientists discover this. They say... Dear politicians, we've got six months until all of humanity is wiped out. And the film really is about what happens as a result of that information being known. Now, I suppose we should have said right at the beginning, spoilers. Spoilers, yes, exactly. I was <laughs> spoilers just about, alert. Just about we, to say. We're going to talk about the whole film. So if you haven't watched it, yes. press pause, go and watch it. It's on Netflix. It's really worth watching. Uh, and then come back and listen to this. Let's start. Let's start. I genuinely don't know what you think about this. Did you, when watching the film, have a good time? Did you enjoy it? Yes, I laughed. I laughed out loud, which I don't often do. You lolled. Did you ruffle? I lolled. I lolled. 
I did, you, did, you, did, you, did you do any of the following things? Did you ruffle? Uh, no, I didn't ruffle, no. Did you pumasel? Sorry? Pumasel. I didn't poo myself. No. <laughs> sort of, yeah, but, but, but the other one. Uh, did you do a ruffle copter? Uh, no, but I did have a rufflegasm, so um, <laughs> closely related. No, I, I laughed out loud. There were, I thought there were some genuinely very funny moments. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was very funny too. Yeah, I done. I done. I even done a ruffle at one point. Oh, um, did you? I did a proper oh, ruffle. Yeah, no, I, I did. I ruffled all over the place. Um, forty-three. It's uh, yes, forty-three. Yes, yes. First time. Nice to have new experiences at your that's, age, isn't it? That's right. I didn't put myself, but I did ruffle. No. Um, and yeah, very funny. Like just proper actual funny. Like some of the stuff that happens, it's fu- some of it's funny because it's funny and some of it's funny and there's no getting around this. And I want to bring up the first point, right? It's funny specifically for like you and me funny, right? So some of it is funny if you have tried to do stuff that is a version of what the scientists are trying to do in the film. Now, the babble is not science and Dave and Ollie in its, in its real life is not science, but yet we have definitely, I have definitely in my life gone into some sort of august arena and said like, see how we're all dying and stuff. Maybe we should do something about that. And then like something ridiculous has happened. And indeed in Hoff's be in Hoff. And this entire podcast is all about like in Hoffery in the face of that stuff. So a lot of it was funny yeah. just because it's recognizable for anyone who has tried to talk to anyone about climate, yes? Absolutely. It's it's that extraordinary sort of moment. And I think most people who have done climatey stuff, either as activism in their own time or, or for a living, have had a moment where it all comes crashing down and they realise that the raw facts of how shit everything is and how terrifying it is leaves an awful lot of people completely unmoved. And, and, you, and you like, you say a thing which is about, I don't know, existential threats to humanity and people look blankly and are a bit like I'm not sure I like this guy's tone (laughs) before we go any further I suppose we should do like a little pricey of the plot shouldn't we no because people might have not watched it but have decided to carry on listening to this no no on principle no firstly it's a waste of bandwidth (laughs) secondly genuinely Go and watch this film. Like okay, I, this, this is not for people who haven't seen it. There's no point, fine. right? There really isn't. There's okay, no point. Thank you. Yes? Correct. Good. Right. Um, and, you know, we asked our lovely listeners on the socials and on our Patreon. We said, let us know what you think. We've got a couple of audio reviews. Um, here's a little snippet. Did you like it? And indeed, Rachel did. I thought Don't Look Up was absolutely brilliant. I don't understand why I got so slated by the cricket critics. Um, it was hilarious it was well written um it's very satisfying it's very doom doom and gloom laden in a sort of black comedy way uh and you finish it and you sort of i think it managed to make you feel both completely kind of dismayed about the state of our current systems and their inability to deal with any kind of real crisis but at the same time to still be laughing (laughs) it's absolutely hilarious Uh, yeah i think rachel's is Probably the most positive yes. reaction I've seen. And indeed, I list. think the most positive from, yeah, from in general. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 And I'm not, I don't go as far as that. Like, I, I, I came away from it thinking that was quite good. But I didn't come away from it thinking that was brilliant. Like, no. uh, I, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's laugh a minute hilarious, which no. is how Rachel experienced it. So, you know, 
No, and uh, uh, perhaps a more representative was by Andy W. Art on our Facebook page, who said, I didn't mind it. It was okay. Is that Andy Wart, then? Andy Wart. Andy W. Art, I think. He's an artist, I think. Oh, okay. So not, not Andy, Andy Wart. Not Andy Wart, no. <laughs> there you go. So, um, But no, I look, basically, as in and of itself, did I enjoy the experience of watching it? Yes. I lolled. I did a ruffle. Mrs. Dave Lold did a ruffle. She might even have done a pumasol. So, as a bit as a bit of comedy, funny. Yes, and I think the reason I found it funny is not just because it was a pastiche of like climatey stuff that we understand, but very much of, of the political system and of you know fairly straightforward uh, parody of the Trump administration and of the media. I thought it was most effective when it was taking out the media. Definitely, like. You know, the way in which <laughs> the presenters just are completely impassive to people falling apart in front of them because they're just trying to work out what makes good telly and what doesn't. And they're like, yeah, you're great. We'll have you well, back did on. You, did, <laughs> it's like, well, I wasn't... Sorry to interrupt. Did you read that uh, friend of the babble, George Monbiot? Go back and, and listen to episode 97 for our interview with George Monbiot. Did you read his I piece haven't. It? No, I haven't read it. I read the beginning of it where he talked about his... I think he described it as humiliating where he yes. started crying on yes. Good Morning Britain. Uh, but he made the point in the bit I read, at least, that like at least that shows he's human, <laughs> you know, which I, I agree and, with. And what what needs to change to make everybody else feel what you're feeling and not think, you know, isn't that an overreaction? I have two children, and you know, every day, I think, did I do the right thing? <laughs> and he was he was saying like you know um it's i thought a level like i thought it was gonna be a fairly awful piece i was like oh god it's gonna be all pious but he's basically no, no, no i've you know i've tr- i've cried on telly i i get it i understand what this does to you it's worth reading actually it's very good i recommend that um so we enjoyed the experience we don't necessarily think it was superb but we enjoyed watching it do we agree with that yeah right Right, question number. So that's that's the film. That's that's Dave and I'll describe an experience. So there's all sorts of other things. So here's what I thought I would do all when trying to work out whether this is good or not is to disentangle all of the different ways you could look at this film and all of the different ways people are looking at it and try and pick them apart a bit and see whether we think any of them matter. Sodding deconstructionist criticism, mate. So what's going on here? Well, because the reason being, right, you you read some reviews of Don't Look Up that are like, yeah, it's funny, I enjoyed it, go and watch it. And you read other reviews that are like, it offers an insignificant and inauthentically insincere critique of the alienation of the self as Marx, you know. So, like, people, people, this thing is massive what do you think of it phenomenology oh i can't say that word for, for, there's a there's a type of philosophy which is like phenom, phenomenology or something. <laughs> that's the one yeah that one uh i don't know that don't ask me that kind of thing the point being like it's really wrapped up and here are the things so we're going to talk about them here are the things that are all wrapped up in commentary around it and all wrapped up in people having a go at whether it's good or not right firstly like is it any good as a film we've done that yes we quite liked it we thought it was good right secondly does it work as a climate analogy so like is this is it about climate change and is it a good way of describing that 
then, like, is it a good descriptor of humans? Is it, like, fair about humans and how we behave? Then, like, is it, as a film, a helpful thing? Or is it just going to make stuff more polarised and people more angry? And, like, then kind of does it matter... Like, does it, does it does any of this matter? It's just a film. Is that important? Right? And then finally, does Dave think it's good or not? So there's all of those different things in there. Right. Yeah. And well, I want to talk crack about... crack on. There's quite a lot there. Yeah, right. So shut up and listen. Right. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Did it work does as a climate ana- analogy? Like, yes. I, I can only answer that in terms of, did it work for me? And, and yes, obviously it did. Like, because... Right. The parallels were inc- were screamingly obvious for me. Now, maybe that wasn't the case for everyone, but I don't really. I've read quite a few sort of slightly snooty, sneery things about how you know people won't get that it's about climate change, which I think underestimates most people. Really, uh, are you uh, talking there about our listener Sarah Thistlethwaite? Blimey say that after a few um who says i think anybody watching it who didn't know it was supposed to be about issues that scientists and activists have tried getting the message about about climate change would think it was just another disaster movie there's no reference to climate change says sarah other than the blurb and the hype that is spouted around it about the meaning behind the film well yeah Um, sure like i'm sure there will be some people who didn't get that it was about climate change but i mean there's loads of films which are about abstract themes that don't say this is what we're about you know like yeah there will be some people who didn't get it but i think the i think the majority of the people who watched it will have understood that it was about climate change in some respect and there's been so much discussion about it afterwards anyway that they probably have heard that but all i can say with certainty is that for me yes it was very clear it was about climate change and i like the way you know we've talked before about how there's no good music about climate change which is possibly an opinion we're starting to change but uh part of the reason is because when you talk about something directly as opposed to poetically or in the abstract or via analogy like it's much less powerful and i like the way that this didn't say hey we're a climate change film but was clearly a climate change film this is a crisis a large crisis in fact if you've got a moment, it's a 12-storey crisis with a magnificent entrance hall carving throughout, 24-hour portrage and an enormous sign on the roof saying this is a large crisis. But there are lots of people, I mean, lots of the uh, criticisms that I see about it will point out ways in which it is not like climate change and say, therefore, it's not about climate change. Example, example, the obvious ones, the crude one, like the obvious ones, people will say... Well, but climate change isn't like a comet, is it? It's not going to arrive and then just hit no. us in six months and then we all die. Um, or, okay, what about this what then? What do you well, want okay. films for? Go and watch a documentary if that's what you want. If you, if you want someone to say, here is a perfect, perfect analogy for an unbelievably complex, mind-bogglingly terrifying, complex, planetary-scale catastrophe that's unfolding over decades. Like, okay, I'll find a very simple analogy that expresses... I'll piss off. Go, go and watch the combined proceedings of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change for the last 27 <laughs> years, if that's what you want to watch. Okay, so, right, but climate change is not a comet, but we know that. Okay, so, but some other ones, some other ways in which it is perhaps an unhelpful analogy, because people are saying, right, look, it's about climate change, but the problem is it doesn't actually talk about the things about climate change that are the problem, and therefore it's problematic. E.g., there are no villains. There is no fossil fuel industry. There is no one that is, like, causing the thing that is a problem. And so, instead of, like, seeking for the villains to be brought to account we just run away from a thing what do you think about that oh i i sort of half agree with that uh-huh. like i half agree with that 
and it does make you know it makes the whole analogy a bit more passive it's a bit like oh shit this great big thing which no one could have predicted is coming at us and then the story is how do we respond to that right and that is obviously a bad analogy because you know exxon and stuff um but there are villains uh you know the whole the the, the twist in the plot is when they actually do devise a plan to this is the US government like devise a plan to send people up there blow oh, up the good, that bit. Uh, blow up this, the um, comet and that will save the world uh, and at the last minute the plan changes when this kind of tech figure who is a sort of hybrid of like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg and maybe some of the like Peter Thiel type Silicon Valley kind of weirdo genius that seems to just be unquestioned and actually is pretty stupid. Anyway, they discover that, that the comet is full of uh, very valuable minerals for making smartphones. So they're like, hey, let's not, you know, blow it to smithereens, let's mine it. And that way in which uh, the government is captured by those interests is, you know, very villainous. And I think Mark Rylance is really good. Yeah, he's well, always really he's good, isn't he? But, really good, yeah. yeah. Uh, I no, thought he was terrifically sort of, I don't know quite how to describe him, sort of sl- slippery and... Boyish, Pathet- boyish, but, yeah. but kind of, yeah, creepy boyish. Yeah. Like pathetically evil. And yeah, like, that's, the know, worst not- sort, that's the worst sort of evil. Not like good old Inhofe evil, where you just know where you no, stand. Exactly. This is like the worst sort of evil. This is the kind of evil that you might welcome into your home and give a scone to. That you're, <laughs> that you're open to the scientific peer review process and you're not approaching this entire mission like, like a businessman, you know? That, what did you say? I want to know if you're... Did you call me a businessman? You do own a corporation. You think I'm just a businessman? Do you think you know me, doctor? I agree with you and I disagree with you. And I'm going to disagree with you in a way it's going to upset you, right? I agree with you in that it is an analogy for like climate change, sort of, but in. You know, it's not trying to say this is literally climate change. It's about here are some of the phenomenological bits about climate change, right? And I'll tell you what, like, I bet you if there was a comet heading to Earth, which really was full of gold, right? People would be going, hang on, let's not be hasty. That doesn't even seem that far-fetched to me, like, that that would happen. Well, no, and, and as somebody... Because that is kind of what we're doing with climate change, right? Well, exactly. As somebody clever wrote in one of the things that we read... Uh, that is exactly what's happening with like geoengineering. Like, you know, people are going, hmm, well, we could massively curtail fossil fuel companies or we could try and Not. do some weird solar mirror in the sky or put some stuff in the atmosphere to sort of deflect heat or something and let everyone carry on burning fossil fuels. And like, like that's. That's a fairly equivalent analogy, isn't it? And the bit, you know, another thing that people have had a go at about the film is they've said uh, the comet just wipes everyone out. There's no sense of, like, uh, some people are not in this together. You know, that there's... Well, apart from the fact that the... Well, the rich people escaping. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but them aside, apart from the two hundred ultra billionaires, there's this the basic idea that like the countries that have caused the damage, the, you know, that the, the the whole world is in the same boat, which is you know from a climate justice perspective, that's the argument I've heard the most is people saying, well, that's not right, is it? And so if people think about climate change like that, it's not capturing the fact that actually we're not all in the same boat, and the solutions to it are different. They are about like countries doing stuff for other countries, not just for themselves, right? Yes. Of course, I do. I do agree with do that. You, do you like climate justice, Old? Do you agree with with that position? Do I like climate? Do justice? Do you like climate justice, Old? Dickhead. 
Of course I like climate change. I'm not even I'm not gonna defend myself to that ridiculous charge. Oh, you're so uh, very defensive. What was I saying? Yeah. I, I I don't think the kind of inequality bit is totally absent because I, the fact that there is a literal escape ship for the world's richest, right? You know, yeah. That there is a consequence consequence free uh, route of action for the Trump figure and and you know. Well, it doesn't turn out to be consequence free for in, until until they get <laughs> that, yeah eaten by so, a dinosaur, which is very funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think here's one going to disagree with you, where I think our opinions on this film are going to start to differ. Right? Okay. I don't think it is about climate change, actually, really. I don't think that is what it is an analogy for or what it is about. And I think that's kind of the problem. And it sort of affects a great deal of my view on whether it is a good thing or not, right? Because I think a lot... What do you think it's about then? Well, I think it's about... Brentford. Hang on a minute. Everything's about Brentford. Um, Except scoring goals, that's not about Brentford. Um... What the bloody hell was I saying? Don't make me think about Brentford. Things are very upsetting at the moment. What was I saying? <laughs> Can we talk about Cambridge, by the way? No, no. We're talking about the thing. The spectacle. That's what it's about. It is about the spectacle. <laughs> Do you know what the spectacle is? Well, a pair of spectacles is what you just put back on your head and what I've got on my head. Why do I put them back on my head? Because I am making a serious point. That's, that's right. You're doing your serious. Now, listen. Now, listen. Point. No, no. Yes. Now, listen. Do you know what the... Shut up and listen. Do you know what the spectacle is? No. Right. The spectacle is... Please tell me. The spectacle is the the thing that we are all looking at, the media thing, the political thing, the noise, the shiny consumer market thing that diverts us and distracts us and keeps us interested. It's the thing that literally the spectacle that we are looking at that takes precedence, to quote friend of the babble, George Monbiot, it's the vacuous gossip that takes precedence over the survival of life. It's the obsession with noise regardless of signal. Right? That's what the spectacle is. Comes from psychogeography, what I've been learning about because of an interview I've just done about psychogeography on my other podcast, Your Brain on Climate. On your proper podcast. Yes, um, which which I've been reading about. But that's what it's about. I think it's about that. I think (coughs) climate change is a bit of it, but it's mostly about humans just being kind of captured and and like specifically actually specifically specifically americans being captured by this media spectacle now a lot of people oh, have a go at the now. film no 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 come now. no 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 it's no, not no. just americans i mean no but the film is about americans that's the the, the film i'm not saying it, i'm not saying just americans are captured oh, see, but this right, okay. this film is very specifically about america <laughs> and a lot of the critiques of it that say things like oh it's bloody it's ridiculous because india uh what we think india and china are just going to sit back and let america do this no but that's like exactly the point is this is about americans the way that americans think about global problems and and a large part of the way the american citizens uh, are, well, are, are portrayed in the film is being sort of mindlessly enthralled by the power of media stop waving gaffer tape at me shut up and listen to control them in the spectacle i think it's about that is what i think it's about and that has consequences if you think i'm right what's your point well just before we move on from that bit there is a good bit a very brief bit but a good bit in the film where like the global south countries have put up pulled together like a mission of their own to try and like save it after america like didn't invite anyone else to join in so like it 
That's yes. where it gets a little bit more like explicitly kind of here is how politics uh, around climate change kind of works in that the global north like do fall or make things actively worse. And then like, you know, the people who have done least to cause it have to desperately try and solve it themselves. That's essentially, you know, that if that isn't a parallel for like the COP process, I don't know what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, okay. But right, look, so the, that's what I think, right? I think it just as, I think it works just as well as an analogy for insert other thing here that is like a big thing we need to care about that if we don't care about it, we're buggered. Like poverty or yeah, COVID I, 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 I do or agree with these you. things. I, it works just as well as that because the thing it is satirising is not, it's not climate per se. It's that, it's Americans and the kind of the hold that media and politics and markets have over the imaginary all and about that. That's what I think it's about. The imaginary all? Yes, the imaginary all. I prefer that all. Tell me about um, the imaginary all. I like the sound of this guy. Imaginary all turns up on time. He does his research. Who was he here sto- first? Who was he here on this call first? Oh. Thank you. Right, carry on. It doesn't look like Sue Perkins. Yes, I have got some slightly strange hair today. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Sue Perkins, of course, but you don't normally look like Sue Perkins. I just um, don't normally look like her, no. That's interesting. As we say in the breakfast cereal world, cheerio. I'm leaving the tent, guys. It's been really great. So that's I don't, so that's what I think about that. We only talked about. Can we talk about another thing? Well, I was just going to answer your question, which is that yes, oh, right. I agree that, that is what it's about. And but but in a sense, that is quite climate changey because climate change is not a pro- it's not a sort of isolated problem, is it? It is a yes problem of attention. It's a problem of democracy, of political engagement. It's a problem of capitalism. It's a problem of inequality. Yes. A problem of poverty. Yes. Like, it is all of these things, and that's so. I think I think we're both right, Dave. No, no, uh, uh, sure, okay, fine. But I'm more right than you are because I think <laughs> it's a satire on Americans and that. That's what yeah. I think it is. And the word being oh, satire yeah. as okay. well, right? Yeah, I so do that's agree. what it is. Yeah. And the consequence of all of that, the reason I mention that is, if you think I'm even vaguely right with that, then I think a lot of the stuff about it that's weighted on its shoulders starts to fall away a little bit, right? So, like, it's become this thing because there are so few films that are about, like, the director goes, here's a film about climate change, and the producers go, this is a film about climate change, and all the coverage is about climate change. And as Sarah Thistlethwaite says, like, you wouldn't necessarily know it was. I'm not convinced, if you'd never heard that was a film about climate change, that everybody who watched it would go, that's about climate change, right? And No, so, like, I agree, I, but, but that's my point. Like, no, everybody won't, but I think a lot of people will, because... Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, a lot of people get climate change but like but I, i'm as interested in and we could talk about some of this other stuff like i'm as interested in why is it that like name me a film that you can think of about anything in recent history about anything at all where there's been like it's been really really popular and this massive debate where everyone's got an opinion on whether it's good or not that is far more than like is this any good or not like a new star wars film but like kind of like socially and politically and culturally is this any good or not people like you know nothing about this sort of stuff it's great it's got people talking about it but i think in large parts because there just aren't any films that can yeah. do the job of talking about climate change and so when one comes along that says we are the one that's talking about climate change obviously loads of people are going well no, no you're not really are you but that's you know maybe it should just not ought to have done that
Happy New Year, Dave and all. Andy here. Uh, just a few thoughts on Don't Look Up. So firstly, uh, I thought it was just an unfortunate timing that they happened to release it during a pandemic so that quite a few people, uh, unfortunately, think that's all it's about and don't see the climate change message. It's a little bit frustrating, but uh, can't be helped. The, the other thing is it made me so grateful that I don't live in America um, because although there are a bunch of in-hoffs here in Britain that make me tear my hair out, uh, I did feel a bit of relief. I don't have to live with a load of Republicans and a media that is just the worst. So, thing you said earlier, is this, is it good as a way of describing how people, how what human nature does in the face of, insert issue here, but catastrophe in general? Like, is it, is it, is it accurate or, or meaningful in the way it describes how we react to impending doom what do you think about that then you tell me what you think about that i've banged on uh goodness me you must be getting tired Look, just, I, uh, it's called holding fire i'm waxing my board golly golly gosh <laughs> at your age and i'm not just talking about surfing <laughs> i'm not sure what i think about this i mean it's obviously it describes an intensely polarized america where your reaction depends which side you're on. So, you know, the whole don't look up thing comes from the point where, like, the asteroid, uh, the comet, sorry, is literally visible in the sky. So it's no longer a theoretical problem. It's there. And, you know, the kind of Trump, make America great again type vibe is like, don't look up. <laughs> don't look at the thing. Just look forward. And I, I think that is quite an accurate way of describing how American politics currently is, you know, thing comes along and it's really a very short period of time before thing takes its position in the culture wars and the way you respond to it is X or Y and kind of nowhere in between. But there's also a very telling bit where like one of the Trumpy lot looks up, sees the comet, it's like, we've been lied to. And in that way, like the film is very, I think very clearly a critique of like the institution's and the, the holders of power who they're the bastards, <laughs> they're the stupid yeah. people. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. You know, it's understandable, isn't it, that when all of the levers of power that influence your life are telling you that thing X isn't bad, that some people think thing X isn't bad, because that's how we make decisions. It does remind me of like remainers of my acquaintance who are just the smuggest bastards. Like I'm all up for remainers yeah. of my acquaintance who are not smug bastards, but those ones who are just like, they will not brook the idea that there's any possible element of their position that could possibly be wrong, no matter what. Yeah. Right. And like, there's an element of that about this, just an element of it, despite it generally being a satire on stuff. And, and, and it did, that was the bit I was like, uh, and that does lead on, you know, which will speed up a bit, but it does sort of lead on to the question of like, is this film helpful as yeah, a contribution well, to, you know, to where we are in the year 2022 on climate and stuff, given that it's about America and satirizes at least half the country? There is an element of that. And I also was looking at it thinking, hmm. It's the same, like, you know, Hollywood celebs saying, hey, everyone, you should pay attention to climate change is is not a new thing. And it's never been particularly effective before. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it kind of plays into the existing assumptions that people have about different groups of people, isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, you know, Hollywood lovies fly around the world in their jets saying everyone should do something about climate change. Now, 
I'm not convinced that's entirely fair, uh, but I can see why a lot of people think that. And it, and it does have a sort of whiff of that, um, this whole film. There's three types of American people. There are you, the working class, us, the cool rich, and then them. I'm sorry, but Is it helpful? Is it helpful? That's is it helpful? That, I feel like that's perhaps the biggest question. Well, really. if, if the question is like, is this film going to single-handedly change cultural attitudes such that we collectively solve climate change immediately? No. Uh, <laughs> Not helpful then. Is it unhelpful? Is, does mm. it, is it going to turn lots of people who are minded to do stuff about climate change into people who are no longer minded to do stuff about climate change? No. I... I think any form of art that makes people think about big problems is helpful. And this, I'm just play, just playing the all uh, has commentary on art music. There we go. I know I know exactly what you put up with. <laughs> uh, yeah, like of course it's helpful. It's not as helpful as you know government doing better things on climate change and fossil fuel inhofs not being fossil fuel inhofs, but. Of course it's helpful. Is it though, or is it just mostly not going to make much of a difference either way? Like, I think it's this a is film. Kind of, it's like saying... It's a film. How much, is, how much is, do we expect as my... Is, as is my the good new bloody Neil Young album helpful? Well, it's, you know, he's talking about climate change, that's good, but Neil Young fans will buy it and no one else, yeah. and so what? Like... Although it's all the commentary around it, isn't it? Like, and... and you well, know, that's why the, I think it's helpful, because you've got... Yeah. You, right, there's a yeah. debate around it, and... You know, it's making a point. It's making a very clear point about the nature of the crisis, the nature of our response to it, and how what influences that response. And talking about that is surely helpful. A lot of people who are in Hoffs wouldn't even watch this in the first place, and like a lot, and they're not likely to change their mind. I suppose at the well, margins, they might. they might watch it in the first place because, as you say, it's a disaster movie, and yeah. it's very popular on Netflix. And so, if people are looking for something to watch on Netflix, and they see number three in world yeah, is this film they might, they might watch it yeah yeah. so that's good I suppose yeah I suppose that's good yeah but then that would really piss them off wouldn't it like that bit in it the bit where the um, the, the parents of the scientists say uh, your father and I are for the jobs that the comet provides yeah. right simultaneously you know funny and everything smug. but that is proper smug that yeah. is proper like oi rust belt come here you're yeah. all in hoffs all of exactly. you you're all cretins and in Hoffs, right? And it's just not very likely to make people... I don't know. I can't decide whether... Or... I, I simultaneously think this is just a film. We shouldn't worry about it. People who are going to find it funny are going to find it funny. It's art, all of that stuff. And also, like, is this going to help? Is this really... I don't know. I don't know. Well... I think there's something actually the film gets precisely wrong. This is kind of my last opinion on this, right? The thing oh, that I, I think. For that. Oh, all right. <sighs> you won't get to hear my last opinion no, on it. No, come on, then. come on. Right. I think the thing it gets precisely wrong, right? So I think it shows the truth. I think the film shows the truth, which is that you don't get people to care by banging on about the facts, right? In Correct. like just banging on about the facts. I think it shows that. Now I think the smug reading of it is to go. Oh, well, look at those idiots who don't care about the facts, right? But I think that 
commentary is precisely wrong because the whole point is, the whole point is that if all you're doing is banging on about science and ignoring emotions and ignoring how people actually think about stuff and values and power, and if all you do is just expect that to go away, then you are the problem. Like the whole point of the film is you need to play the game of human nature, I reckon, of power and politics and like what people think is salacious and shiny and aspirational. That's what the film shows, really. Like that stuff wins. That stuff is seductive and is the spectacle, not facts, right? And again, it reminds me of the Brexit thing. It's like just banging on about facts doesn't entitle you to be smug if you've completely forgotten how to get people to care about something. You mean that telling people that in five to seven years' time they might be £200 worse off a year wasn't a compelling emotional argument for winning a campaign? (laughs) Very strange. Um, I agree with that, and I think a related point, uh, which is somebody else's but I'm stealing it, is that all of the kind of media criticism... Because this has not been popular among critics. No, good lord. It's very popular among viewers. Lots of people have watched it and have liked it. Um... But critics have been sneering about it. And I think that is related because all the critics are saying this is a shit film. And which is to say, like, they're they're not grappling with the issue at all. They're grappling with the merits of the filmmaking, which is kind of exactly what's going on in the film. Like, scientist turns up on TV and says, we're all going to die. And the response is, oh, she's a bit shrill. And obviously, like, you know, we can we haven't talked about all of that stuff, which I think is brilliantly done, like the whole, the sexism directed towards the female scientist, the fact that, like, they're constantly trying to give credit for her research to the, her male professor colleague, like all of that, like very well. well well That's an example of one of the very, very, very many nice, funny, well-observed bits yeah that go back to the start we do actually think is funny yeah exactly right but 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 that but all of the critics the film critics saying this is a poorly made film are doing exactly what those people were doing about jennifer lawrence's message it's like well she said that this that the end of the world is coming in six months in a slightly hysterical and shrill way it's like but she said the end of the world is coming. <laughs> Don't you think that's what we should be talking about? And that's how I feel about the film. Like, if it was an absolute stinker, you know, if it was dreadfully made and unwatchable, then fair enough. But it's not that. It's not. It's so not. let's talk about the point it's trying to make and whether that makes you think anything. That that's That's how I feel. So, all. Oh. Have you decided whether Dave thinks this film is good or not? <laughs> Listeners, write to us to decide whether I've decided whether Dave thinks this film is good or not. <laughs> Shall I um, tell you whether I think it's good or not? Yes, tell me whether you think it's good I can't or not. decide. <laughs> I can't decide because I'm not a film reviewer. Right? <laughs> like, uh, it's, it, as a, I really enjoyed watching it. It's great. But I would, wouldn't I? It's for me right i would some stuff about it i think is irrelevant. so what that's such a weird thing to say that's no, like no, going, it's not at all no, it's, it's not at all shut it's up not. shut up no, you listen. shut up shut up no shut up and listen that's like going oh, to a brentford God. game and saying yes. oh, i really enjoyed that game but i mean as a brentford fan that was kind of for me no but like, are you yes, what I'm doing exactly I'm... because like cambridge fans wouldn't go to a random brentford game because it would be boring because you're not invested in it it is for Brentford fans, a climatey film is for climatey people, and that's okay. Yes. yes, I know, but the point is, if you're not one, it's not for you. That's the point, right? So, like, I can recommend it to people I know who like, who I think would like it. Good. So why I'm not a film reviewer? I know! Well, go right? and recommend some music that you like that to people oh. that you think would like it, and, and, and feel okay about that. 
I was a semicolon there. Can I continue with my sentence? Carry on with your colon. Right. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff about it that I think is irrelevant. A lot of the commentary about it is irrelevant. Like, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter about the things that are not a perfect climate crisis analogy. doesn't matter because... As I think, I don't think that's really what it's actually ultimately about, right? There is some stuff about it. I think, uh, I think you're being a bit smug. I, I don't think that is the right way to do it. But I'm not sure because, again, as discussed, it's for me and not for other people. So what does it kind of matter? Mostly, I feel like, isn't it amazing that everyone is talking about this film? That's the, mo- the thing that I mostly think. Like, what do you make of that? As, well, I know what you make of it. It's good. That's your fundamental thing. The fact that people are talking about this is good. So you think it's good because everyone's talking about it, right? Yeah, basically. Last question for you all, because um, I haven't asked you this. And I actually, uh, no, I went back to my notes from the original. And I wrote the very, very thing. I was like, ask all. And I've, I've completely forgotten that this was the first thing before I'd even watched this film I was going to ask you, right? Did you find yourself wanting to like it or not wanting to like it before you started watching it? That's a good question. Mm. Well, uh, did I want to like it? Yeah, I wanted to like it. I was scared. I was scared it was going to be shit. Um, and as I mentioned to you on text, I very deliberately didn't read any of the commentary yeah, about it because I wanted I wanted to watch it and try and work out what I thought. Also, so happily, I, happily saves on research as well, doesn't it? Ah, it's very. I mean. Side As byproducts go, that's yeah. a convenient one. Yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> the, that that meant I wasn't uh, I wasn't really kind of expecting to like it or hate it either way. I was just a bit worried that it was because it was a climacy thing. I thought, oh, this could be shit. Um, so I was delighted that it wasn't. Mm. I wanted to hate it. Did you? I was all, I was all ready to hate it, and I wanted to hate it. I wanted to Why? find it smug because I wanted to be cleverer than the film. Oh, because I wanted to to have all of this clever insight God. and wisdom from my work life and from my babble life and from my general big brained life. Oh, mm. I wanted to be able to say, "Oh yes, you see," but the problem is they've completely misunderstood human psychology and, and blah 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 and all that shit. Right, I felt genuinely, and like at the end of it, I was like, "Oh, I've enjoyed that," and I think mostly it's really a really good satire of some stuff. Um, and even the stuff, if I'm honest, even the stuff it's that I've said in this episode, some dancing effect, isn't it? Where you're like, "Well, this thing is like wildly popular and um, yeah. you know mainstream, so I'd imagine it's absolute shit." So I don't watch that sort of thing, no, right. obviously. And then you sit down and watch it, and you cry because the talent on the show is just remarkable and i think a lot of people i i I put it to the babble army or i put it to the world that a lot of people who don't like it were uh, have backed up why they already didn't like a thing they decided they didn't like before they started it because they wanted to be cleverer than it because they saw this as being something that was too blunt and because everyone was talking about it it must be bollocks i certainly like that is how i went into it i'm gonna i'm gonna fess up to that i was really pleasantly surprised by it i do think it's funny and the stuff about it that i I think is problematic is like well yeah but you know it's still good still worth watching That is just about it for another episode of Babble. Thank you very much, Dave, for 
being a terribly erudite former English graduate, or current English graduate, really, and having wise things to say about the film. Uh, thank you, as ever, to Dickie. You too, you too. You said wise things about the film. Let's not be... Even music graduates can say wise things about films. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thank you, as ever, talking of music, to Dickie Moore, who does the music that begins, ends and intertwinkles this podcast. Go and check out his various bands, Bearcraft, Dream Themes and other stuff. Uh, go and also check out or just say thank you or buy a coffee for Arthur Stovall, who does the logo, which is on our website and on our T-shirts, which I imagine everyone bought for their friends. There was a no, lot of, look, a fair few T-shirt sales, yeah. Thank you, Babel Army, for stocking Super. up our T-shirts. Yeah, well done, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, uh, oh, oh God, I'm out of practice. Um, you, you can give us money, give us money, give us money. That's important. Uh, you can do that by going to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Sustainable, and there you can donate uh, the price of a new bit of microphone, which I need. Um, uh, thank you very much to all the people who do. You are lovely, wonderful people. I know that stuff is getting more expensive and giving money to podcasts is not always the priority so we really really appreciate people who give us cash thank you you're wonderful you can get in touch with us you can email us at hello at sustainababble.fish you can find us on the Facebook somewhere and we're on the Twitter at the Babble Wagon thank you to everyone who gave us reviews we had loads of them we couldn't use them all but thank you so much for doing that that was really really nice and if you do nothing else nothing nothing else at all please go onto iTunes give us a five star review and with your hands or a dictation machine leave a comment that makes it much better than just a five star review please do that more people like Babel Babel get popular world domination everything fine yes very good right that's it I'm off uh, to I don't know stare into the abyss yeah what would you do while do you think if the earth had six months left just do what I currently do I just like assume that I'd be like six months that's quite a long time I can probably put off doing what I need to do until month four there you are you are the satirised parties in Don't Look Up. It's all about you. All about all. If I'd have known from the off that Don't Look Up was all about all, it would have made whether I think it's good or not a lot easier, wouldn't it? Anyway, <laughs> would have made should for we a go? shorter podcast. Yes. Well. yes. Should we go? Yes. Bye. Bye. Hey, Al. Hi. Hey, Al. Hey, Al. Yes. What do you call a dog that does magic tricks? I don't know. Say, I don't know, Dave. What do you call a dog? I don't know, Dave. What do you call a dog that does magic tricks? Yes, yes. A labracadabrador. I, I, I have to go. I have to go. Goodbye. <laughs>